Hi, this is Maria. This is Sarah. This is Tammy. And welcome to The The Ridge Podcast. All right. So as a staff, we have started reading this book called Uncomfortable. For those of you watching, you can see Uncomfortable. And it talks about the awkward and essential challenge of Christian community. And so as I was reading this, I was like, oh, man, we should really talk about why people aren't coming to church anymore. And, um, and not just coming to church, but why are people not getting involved in the church? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, what is happening? Um, aside from the pandemic, you mean? Right. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing is we talked about how the pandemic has really, um, accelerated trends that were already happening. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic is just kind of, um, as Tammy calls it, an interruption, and but these things have been happening for a long time. We've we've seen statistically that church churches are in decline and have been in decline for a very long time. Um, and so I, we wanted to kind of talk about some of those reasons this morning uh, because it's really important. And I think that um, one of the main things that I have thought of is that um, you know there, there's this generational gap that we're dealing with, where we have uh, you know people who have been doing things the same way for a very long time and you just do what you do. And then there's the younger generation that's coming in that's like, well, but why? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like that is? So um, I'm curious to hear some of some of thoughts from our, our people this morning. I think we're the people. We're you're, the people. You're the people. <laughs> Get so, after it, Tammy. So yeah, so let's just <laughs> let's just dive right in. Like I let's talk about that first. Like what the the gap like how do we because that's where we're living right now right is in the gap so what do you think about that sure well I think one of the issues the church has had for a while is that we offer um religion but we don't there's no power associated with it Mm -hmm. yes one of the things we see about the early church in the book of acts is that people were constantly confronted with the power of God right and we know that the gospel of salvation you know, or the, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, mm-hmm. first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And I, I think what one of the main things we're missing in the church is actually the power. Yeah. And I know I'm coming from this Pentecostal charismatic perspective. No, but I think that's a really important perspective. And but when we were, you know, my husband and I, we did campus ministry for um, some years at Western's campus. And um, we noticed that when people encountered, you know, the goodness of God and and maybe they experienced a healing or they were set free from like anxiety or depression. It was tremendous. That coupled with the the preaching of the word, the preaching of of scripture was extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that most of those people that came through our campus ministry um, continued in their faith to this day, their leaders in their local churches and their faith might be expressed slightly differently than the way we do it and that is totally cool Mm -hmm. but they experience both the word Mm -hmm. as well as the power of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. right and we um i was talking with my husband about that last night and you know i i call it the holy spirit aha moment in churches like i just feel like and obviously it's much more you know impactful than that but that's what i feel like people are looking for when Mm -hmm. they come to church is this holy spirit aha moment that someone else cultivates that someone else cultivates does for them so they just get to feel the warm fuzzies like oh that was good but it's not necessarily something that they'll carry right 
you know, because we have to cultivate that place with the Lord ourselves. Right. And that's exactly it. So if we've, we've gotten into this mentality that if we just create the perfect experience, right? Like the, you know, the worship is great. The environment is great. The greetings <laughs> at the door the are great. Is just right. That's right. We don't have any <laughs> sound issues that we're going to cultivate the Holy Spirit's presence. In. Well, what would you say, Tammy, to those who have been desiring that experience and have not had it? Maybe some of those people are the ones that are falling off because they have not felt the power of the Holy Spirit in their own lives. Mm -hmm. um, because what you're talking about is a really tangible experience for those children that you mentioned or those, those youth that you mentioned in college. So what would you say to the people who have not experienced that at all? Well, I would say... Um, that we need to cultivate, well, I'll use that word again, cultivate the secret place with the Lord. So right. it's our times with God and that we need to invite the Holy Spirit into our times of reading the word. Mm -hmm. right. When we have those times of devotional, instead of doing it in an, just a purely academic way, like I know this is important, I've got to get the word inside of me, but Holy Spirit, what are you saying mm -hmm. in this moment? Can you please teach me as I read the word? Can you be my teacher in this moment? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then when we pray, having an expectation like taking the time to pray and having an expectation that God hears our prayers and that we should look for the answers. Right. Even just those two things, I think, is really powerful. And then one of the other things I always tell um, young people that I mentor is um, spending quiet time with God, mm -hmm. not talking, even um, moments where I'm not singing to him, but my goal is to listen right. and to begin to hear his still small voice, which is what's talked about in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. That Jesus said that my, my sheep know my voice and the voice of another they will not follow, mm -hmm. but giving God space. And that, that's not comfortable space. We're right. talking about being uncomfortable. Right. Like sitting before the Lord for 10 minutes is not comfortable, mm -hmm. but boy, I tell you, last night I did it again, and it was one of the first times in a bunch of days that I really literally sat next to the bed. It was all dark, and I was, um, it was just me and Jesus, and so powerful. We learn to discern the movement of the Spirit mm. in those moments, and you begin to hear Him speak to you, or, or He'll put like a picture in your head. And, and when I begin to engage with His voice or engage with that picture, it leads me into a deeper encounter with Him. Mm -hmm. So, so would you say a lack of that in church culture right now is why people are falling away from the church? Lack of relationship is what it sounds like. Yeah, I'd yeah. say lack of relationship. Yeah, and so, and I think that's across the board, right, is that we, we're lacking relationship across the board. And in fact, relationships right now are very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, <clears throat> much easier to stay at home, to um, yeah. be responsible for your own window, mm -hmm. um, your own, your own group, you know, your pod. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to say just coming from, um, a church staff standpoint. <laughs> yes. What would you say? You know, being uncomfortable. I was just talking to Maria about this. I almost did not take the position of director of children's ministries because it felt so uncomfortable to me to deal with adults. Mm -hmm. And I would have missed all the blessing that came along with that. But I really was not comfortable with the way the position was set up. You know, you're yeah. interacting a lot with adults. And for me, that's not a comfortable of kids all day long. Right. But adults, not necessarily. I don't, I don't feel like I have a natural inclination for speaking with adults. Mm -hmm. So that was really a roadblock for me. And if the Lord hadn't supernaturally opened my eyes to the, the position of director, mm -hmm. I would never have taken it. 
Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, I would have missed all of the blessing and being in the center of God's will is where we want to be, right? Right. That's where all the blessing is poured down on us. Right. So, well, and I know that, so I, I know because I'm married to a man who thinks completely different than I do. And I'm so grateful for that because, because he, he might hear that and say, what does it mean to be in the center of God's will? Mm. And he might hear you and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, this is something I've never experienced. I don't, you know, like this is all foreign language to me. And I think that that's one of the big problems that we have is that that's the reason because people don't know what it means to them. And, um, and they are so much, uh, conflicting information. Like there, you know, like you would think that there wouldn't be like the Bible is the word. And you would think that that would be, that would be it. But for most people, there's a lot of, I think it's, you know, spiritual warfare around that. Like the Bible is written by man, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and, and re- interpreted by man. And like, we come up with all these reasons why it, w- it isn't enough. And because if it is enough, that's an uncomfortable thing. And, um, and so I think, you know, like the main, one of the main reasons that we, that people aren't coming to church right now is because of how uncomfortable it is to be in church, true church, where you're actively building relationships right. with God and with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even say, you know, going back to that generational gap, I think that I, I've seen that there's, you know, the, the, the 50 plus are more comfortable um, fellowshipping. Yeah, for sure. Than, than those in the other, other range. Um, and, uh, and well, that's become like a life rhythm for them because that was an expectation when they were growing right, up. Right, right. And so they've really had an opportunity to build those relationships and, and have a more um, engaged experience. But for, for the rest, you know, I, I really do think that they're, they haven't encountered the Lord like what you're talking about, Tammy. There's not been this encounter. I think that some people might think that they've encountered the Lord, but when push comes to shove... You know, it's when when their routine or rhythm is interrupted, that kind of falls away. Like that's not something that they lean on. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder too, because I want to be really careful with, because um, I I think uh, probably most of us that are watching this, we have had moments of you know encounter with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, what maybe I would say is sometimes we're used to the warm fuzzies yeah. that we've been used to getting in a nice coiffed church service. So there's an expectation for what that looks like. And that's Mm -hmm. a little bit different. And maybe we need to, one of the things we could maybe even explore on these podcasts is really what is the church? Right. Because I think about um, when I am with friends, maybe it's just a few of them and we're doing the K-Hop prayer room where we're just hanging, um, but we're there with Jesus as our center, knowing that he's in our midst, that's actually the church's meeting in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're used to always coming into a building, but we know that, you know, when we're just in your office and we're talking together, doing that with the Lord in our midst, like that, the church is meeting, the church is convening. Yeah. So maybe like our perspective of what church really is, is kind of skewed because we've, we've put church um, We've had it definitely American style. Yes. Yeah, this for is sure. what this is how we do church in America, which yep. is very comfortable. Yes. And there's a consumerism <laughs> mentality in America too. Maybe yes. we could touch on that a little bit and how that affects 
right. people as they're searching for churches, sure. as they're trying to invest in churches. Well, and in this book, it talks about having a dream church, right? And um, <laughs> and this in the intro of this book, he talks about he goes way in depth of what he feels like his perfect church. Mm. There was a purpose behind like. that. There by was. The way. There was, and you know, um, and actually, the church that he landed in is not anything that he Mm-mm. would have thought that he would have landed in. <clears throat> but it is where he has grown the most because he was mm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the church where he landed. Right. And so, um, so I think that a lot of people, the consumerism, when we say that, what we mean is, uh, people looking for the experience, mm-hmm. what they're, you know, like how where they're comfortable, where they're comfortable, not necessarily how, the encounter, but right. they're looking for the experience, the experience. Yes. That's a good clarification, <laughs> not the encounter necessarily, but the experience. And so, but I think that one thing that has become very clear to me, especially in the last year is there is no perfect church. Oh yeah. And if we redefine what church means and it's no longer in the building, it's not the building, it's the people, then you know, what was that saying that you, that you always say that? Oh, I had, when I came on board here, um, was struggling with a few things. I had one of the elders, maybe she was a deacon. She said to me, doesn't it stink that the church is run by people? Yeah. You know, cause we're <laughs> sinful. Yeah. It's not gonna, No church is going to be perfect. No church experience is going to be perfect, but right. the Lord uses us where he wants us. Right. Sure. And we have to have grace for each other. I right. mean, as, as attenders, as, as ministry partners, we have to have grace for each other because we're not mm-hmm. perfect. We're all mm-hmm. trying to do, we're trying to hear the, the voice of the Lord and we're trying to do sure, what the Lord sure. has asked us to do, mm-hmm. but it will not be perfect. And wouldn't it be interesting if instead of looking at all of the flaws of the environment and the people that mm-hmm. we're around, if we turn that introspective in and look at what is God trying to refine in me mm-hmm. in these moments, that's been a really hard lesson for me because, you know, I'm perfect. And, oh yeah, me too. Yep. And uh and so now I know some of you looking at them are like, yeah, they they kind of are. <laughs> they they kind of are. And don't worry, we hear you. But no, um their spouses will be on next week to That's say, right. to share the truth. <laughs> to share the truth. But oh, that's not good. But I do I am I have very high standards mm-hmm. and I have high expectations you of do. what what mm-hmm. I think things should be. And, and in this year that I've been in ministry, I've had to really look at what of, the, what of these things is from the Holy Spirit, oh, like sure. conviction from the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. what is Maria Nichol feeling like she knows everything and everybody should listen to what she has to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's been humbling, you know, more often than not. Uh, it's, it's, not been, it's not been something that has been pleasant for me. Um, but again, and it's not still, it hasn't been comfortable. It hasn't been comfortable. (laughs) Exactly. But that's not, that's not the the point, you know, is it, it's, it's not about, it is about you and the fact that you need to build your relationship and you need to figure out what that looks like for you and what church being, being the ruling body, right? The ecclesia, which you talk about and Mm -hmm. the building blocks, the living blocks that build the church Mm -hmm. where you fit in that. And then when you know where you fit in that, I feel like that's when you then can fit in a, in like a building, like a community. Um, because I think most people come to a church looking to fit in right away. And, and their expectations of what that looks like is, um, you know, informed by their experiences and their environments that they maybe grew up in. And maybe, you know, they land at a church that doesn't look the same or whatever, but you know, um, so maybe we should, we should talk about what, 
as Christians, what should we look for when we're searching for a church? Mm -hmm. Um, and if, if it, if we're comfortable in that church, is that really what we need to be looking for is comfortability? Mm, right. Um, and not just that, but what, what should we look for that maybe would hinder our growth in a church? Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe we could touch on a couple of those things really quickly, because really that's the point of this podcast. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about why there has been a decline how you can get um, invested in a church, right? And why that's important. But first, we need to know what we're looking for, right? Well, and you know, um, there's really only two two defining factors of what makes a true church, right? Is um, that that they're preaching the word as it was intended to be preached, and that they're delivering the sacraments in the way that they're supposed to be delivered, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, let's go to Acts two. Mm. Let me, let me do that really fast, because there are actually four things that are mentioned in Acts 2, and that is a part of that, which you just said. So it said, and this is a description. So sometimes we read the Word of God, and it's a prescriptive, like it's a prescription, like you need to do it this way. And then there are other times we read historical documents like the book of Acts, and it's mm -hmm. descriptive. Does that make sense? It's just mm -hmm. describing the way they did it. Mm -hmm. So they said here, um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm -hmm. so that's what you talked about. And to fellowship, mm -hmm. that's getting together and mm -hmm. hanging out, to the breaking of bread, mm -hmm. which has a connotation of actually the Lord's Supper, as well as, I think, eating together, and to prayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there those are the four things that the early church, that, mm -hmm. the, that they gave themselves to. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're trying to figure out where you fit, you know, that's a good starting point to say, okay, do they do these things? All right. Now, is the, the rest of it then is all kind of... Um, personal preference right, right and is right. that necessarily sure. where you know where we need to be is that necessarily if we are always looking for what our personal preference is are we going to grow now how now how are people going to know that the church is doctrinally sound because obviously you're looking for a church that is doctrinally sound well i i, I think that maybe it's not as obvious as that. I always try and think about, like, it might be obvious to you, might be obvious to me, but I try and think about the, the newer Christians That's who've exactly never, yeah, yep. never had an ex example of that, and they might not even know to look for doctrinally sound. And so that, that's a huge... Um, what do you think, Tammy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that's something that's a big deal yeah. to my husband and I. Well, uh, we when we were looking for a church, the first thing I did is get online and look at their statement of faith, right? Sure. So what would and you I, suggest for... No, I think that's good. And if, um, But if people are brand new believers, they mm -hmm. don't even know... That you can do that. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if someone's watching this, you're a brand new believer, I'd say take something like the Apostles' Creed. You could Google that. What is that? Um, the Lord's Prayer, and uh, you can check out a church's statement of faith, you know, in comparison to that. And if it's if it if it matches, I think you're probably in a pretty good place, right? Right. Way. And what should we stay away from? Mm -hmm. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> so <clears throat> I mean, Paul talks about you know being careful of every wind of doctrine that can that can blow you. So any you know random wind of teaching, and one of the things we definitely see in the 20th century is that, or 21st century now, that there are fads preaching fads, like right. there will be yep. um, certain topics that people go into. Right now, one of the things the church is uh, wrestling with overall is grace. Yeah. And there's something called cheap grace, which is actually was talked about, you know, hundreds of years ago as well with some of our theologians. 
and and what does it mean? Um, is is grace so extraordinary that you could live any kind of life you wanted? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You could run human trafficking rings. Let's just get really bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and still call yourself a Christian. And that's that's all you need, and then you get it. You, you get to go to heaven for free. It's like a get out of jail free card. Wow, you know. I mean, is 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 grace like that? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just one of the things that the church is wrestling mm-hmm. with: um, grace versus cheap grace. Well, and I think that brings it back around to why aren't people getting invested in the church? Why aren't they coming anymore? Is because there's so much confusion. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, confusion. I, think, so, I agree with that. There's a lot of confusion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you know when you are coming for spiritual direction and you hear something, you know, and from somebody who's a spiritual leader, mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily in alignment with the word, who's to determine that? Okay. So I have something I'd like to say about that. <clears throat> Tell us. My, I'm going to. <laughs> My dad, about 10 years ago, he ended up with clots in his brain and he was in the mm-hmm. hospital for a month. He was in Bronson. Aww. And if I'm telling you this right now, if we had not been there, if we had not asked the questions, he would not be here today because things got missed. Mm. And I learned right then and there that I had to be an advocate for him. So Mm. I'm telling you that story to tell you, you can't just leave the weight of your spiritual growth on your pastor Mm -hmm. and on the people who are teaching. We're sinful people. We made that point, right? right? You have got to be an advocate for yourself. Ask the questions. And if you don't know God's word, you better get to know it in well, a hurry. And what's the verse that says, you know, um, like test, test it against? Yeah. What? Yes. Well, I'm pulling it out, yes, but it's, yes, not, coming, yes, it's not coming to mind. Are you talking about test and approve what the will of God is? Are you talking about I'm test talking the spirits? No, 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 no. Where you, where you, um, you, you hear things and you test it against scripture. That's, yes. yeah, you, you I know exactly sure. what you're talking about, but the verse isn't coming to mind. Well, for those listening... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about is making sure that when you hear things that you test it against scripture, that you don't just take it at face value that you say, mm-hmm. okay, let me look that up. And this is where really, um, again, goes back to personal relationship, really understanding, developing your understanding of the Bible Right. is really important because there's so many resources and that's part yeah. of the reason we get involved right in small groups mm. and we get involved in the church we want to know what god says because you, you know? only know what you know you only know what you know okay so i was reading a report recently i don't know if it's george barna but the person said um that most pastors only preach 21 percent of the bible mm. so there's a massive amount of scripture that's never being mm-hmm. talked about that's a good statistic mm-hmm. yeah so that would be then if that if that is the case then it it behooves us as believers that we've got to get to know the entire word of God. Right. Right. You know, right. not just our favorite books or our mm-hmm. favorite Psalms, mm-hmm. wink, wink, that we mm-hmm. read over. That's, that's <laughs> what winking is to myself. <laughs> right. Wink, wink, Tammy, that you read over and over again, that we need to get, we need to get comfortable, even with yeah. the uncomfortable passages. Mm-hmm. Right. Because God has something to speak to us out of those places too. Um, one thing that's really important is if you're not getting fed on a Sunday morning, that's not the only time that you should be looking for food. You know, I think it's really important to recognize that when you preach, you have to, you have to preach to a vast audience. So there will be, mm-hmm. there'll be people that are baby Christians. baby Christians and people that are super mature. And so sometimes Sunday mornings don't go as deep as some people want. And that's like a, that's like a, that's like a deal breaker. And, um, and so, but again, it's, the, the expectations of the church 
mm-hmm. is really that consumerism mindset of right. we want what we want mm-hmm. and we're not getting it. And so we're going to go somewhere else and try it over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what did you say about Robert? Oh, well, so if Robert, you know, he's 12 years old, and if he can't cut his own steak now, mm-hmm. then that's my fault as a parent because right. I haven't taught him how to, to cut steak. So if you've been in the faith for a little bit, you need to mm-hmm. know how to read the word, study the word for yourself, and to be able to cut the meat of the word for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's just really important that getting fed or, or, or figuring out your relationship with Jesus is not is not isolated to Sunday. Right. No, not at all. And if it is, then that is going to be a very shallow Christianity that cannot hold up to moments when um, mm-hmm. a pandemic happens right. or we right. get uncomfortable or right. life interrupts us. Right. You have to have a solid foundation yes. of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to say from personal experience, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about memorizing scripture and not just our favorite verses, right? <laughs> I have a lot of trouble with memorization, but I think it's just as valid if you know what the word says. Like For sure. I know what the word says about certain things. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading the word and you're absorbing what it says, mm-hmm. I think that's just as valid as memorizing scripture yeah, yeah. as well. For sure. So let's loop it back around to why aren't people coming to church? You know. So I think what we really kind of nailed down is that churches has become comfortable. It's almost become an idol. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, what the, did you call the, it, Tammy? Golden calf Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yes. And so it is. It's it's Sunday morning. I have a friend of mine who coined that. <laughs> but it is. It's it's the comfortability of a of a worship experience has become about us. The it's yeah. be, it's oh, become yeah. about us. And and instead of what our relationship in God does that transforms our lives, that impacts everyone around us. Mm-hmm. So if you are struggling to come to church, and there, and this, and this is a really unique season too, because there are people that are not coming to church because of the pandemic, right? Of and course. And so they're watching online. And there's some people, you know, Andrew had mentioned earlier that some people are like, you've never met more a more spiritual person in the world, but they don't go to they don't go to church, right? So staying home right now isn't indicative of where your faith is necessarily, just right. because of the pandemic, right? But what you're saying is still really I think relevant. That Yes, I think that a good gauge maybe for people is where are you feeling comfortable? Right. Or where did your life get interrupted and suddenly you are in a tailspin and you don't know why? Because that is a good indicator of maybe where you need a brush up. and um, Or maybe you need to challenge yourself to go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I can I can definitely see that. You know, um, for six and a half years, my husband and I, we were helping to plant a church on the north side of Kalamazoo. So in that situation, we were the ethnic minority, mm-hmm. actually, in our church. And I was still the worship leader. Um, and... Uh, and it was it was not necessarily a church environment that was comfortable, mm-hmm. and it was really messy. And we'd have people come in and out of the service. We'd have people even from the streets that would come in and out mm-hmm. of the service. And by the way, when people streets from the streets come in, they always come to the front row, <laughs> so, <laughs> and they would do their thing or whatever. But one of the things I really appreciated about it, it was it always felt very real, yes, and very raw. authentic. Right. You know, right. we had a lady at our at our church who had been 10 years in heroin addiction 
and didn't have really access to her daughter for a lot of that time. She ended up going to jail, had an encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. very literal encounter with Jesus in the jail. And um, when she came out, she got, you know, sovereignly, the Lord had her get connected to our church and her daughter started coming. And eventually she found her husband there, you know, mm-hmm. her spouse that she got married. And it was really powerful. But I loved her worship mm-hmm. because it was so authentic. Uh, yes. It was so authentic because she was thankful she wasn't dead. Right. Mm-hmm. She was thankful that she was able to parent her mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and since then, you know, um, their family has grown. Mm-hmm. But it was an, not a comfortable mm-hmm. church. I mean, we, I, if we wanted toilet paper, um, I literally bought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are times the building was too cold in the mm-hmm. winter. Yeah. So you always, people were wearing coats all mm-hmm you know, service long or whatever, but it, there was something about it that was very authentic. Mm -hmm. And so here we have a moment now with our church and we know our church is probably, I consider a church like, um, upper middle class church and very comfortable suburban church that Jesus loves everyone in our church as much as he loves everyone at Vanguard North. Well, I was going to say, you don't have to, you don't have to get into the streets to experience authentic you know, no, real for sure. Yep. But what we've experienced this year is that our comfortable church has become not as comfortable. Yes. And that's happened across the United States. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's been a moment in the body of Christ where our souls have been exposed. Yeah. Yes. Like our souls, like God's always known what was in our soul, mm-hmm. but it's the first time we've maybe seen it in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And we've been we've had to think, okay, what is church? Mm-hmm. Right. Like what right. is really God calling us to do and to be in this hour? Mm-hmm. Right. Because the gospel was never meant to be safe. Right. Or comfortable. Mm -hmm. But it it has been that golden calf Christianity. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're actually starting to be more authentic. Yes. And closer to what God originally designed for the Ecclesia. Maybe that's actually, it's just, it's not a comfortable route. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I've, I've said this before that I look at our church and I think, man, what could this church do? If we were able to mobilize at a grand scale, mm. you know, because because we do have the the location and the resources, and wow, this building's incredible, and we do have people in here whose heart is is for Jesus, and if we could Beautiful mobilize that, here. yeah, if we could mobilize that on a grand scale, what would be the impact? And I think that's where you know that that spiritual warfare has come into is is. He's, he's trying to steal our impact, you know? And so, and, and that's where I think the uncomfortable feeling, mm. it's really challenging. Where is your impact being stolen from you? You know, and mm. do you have the relationship built with the father and with the people around you that's going to um, stand against that? Mm. And I think you just touched on it too, why it's so important to be part of the church body. Mm-hmm. We're all part of the church, right? Mm-hmm but why it's so important to have a local church. We don't know what our impact is Mm -hmm. unless we're all in. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where we need to be. We all need to be all in all the time. Mm, That's a good word, Sarah. We don't know what our impact is unless we're all in. Mm -hmm. How many of us are just dipping toes? Like, I'm just going to check it out. Yeah, I'm going to check this church out. Yeah, I don't like this one. I'm I'm not comfortable there. Let's try right. the next one. Or, I mean, I know for us, and and bless all the balcony people that are listening right now, but when we came in... <laughs> we love you, balcony people. That's right. But when we came in <laughs> to this church, we were like, oh, this is a really big church. We're just going to go sit in the balcony. Oh, yeah. We did that for a while. And we're yeah. going to just observe. And then 
And I remember when the shift happened, when we realized, oh, we need to be in this church. I was like, Joe, we're moving down. <laughs> we're moving down. And we moved to like row three. And that was his comfort zone. I wanted to go up in the front. And Joe's like, wait, no, no. We're going to be in row three. That's my limit. <laughs> row three. But it's, that's it's still pretty. That's pretty close to the front. That's right, pretty close to the how, front. how... <laughs> Like, we're, what is our, what's our toe dipping? And maybe what's uncomfortable right now is God is calling us to really jump in full force. And there's a, there's a really great quote in this book. I'm going to read it just really quickly. A healthy relationship with a local church is like a healthy marriage. It only works when grounded in selfless commitment and a non-consumerist covenant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. You know, the Bible talks about if one could put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, that there's this supernatural synergy and an exponential impact that happens when we do things together. Yeah. I mean, the mm-hmm. word talks about it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think that's what we're, we're getting into now mm-hmm. yeah. with our conversation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's just kind of loop it all back around. And, you know, so what the, the, the question on everybody's heart, on, at least on mine is, you know, why aren't people coming to church? And I right. think we've realized that through our discussion that people aren't coming to church because it's uncomfortable um, to, to come to church and be invested. It's they're, they're comfortable coming in and dipping their toe in, um, but it's, it's uncomfortable to really walk with Jesus, develop a relationship with Jesus, develop a relationship with other believers because mm-hmm. you get hurt. Yeah, it's messy. It's messy. It's a vulnerable thing. It's actually... Oh my gosh, it's you know, messy. Yeah, it's so messy. It's, more, it's messier than I thought it was ever going to be. <laughs> You know, but and it's more difficult. It's more difficult than mm-hmm. I ever thought it would be. Because we're challenged constantly back to what Scripture says our relationship should be like. Yes, and you're mm-hmm. stretched. Yeah, you're it stretched. It doesn't feel good in the moment, but mm-hmm. man, the impact is awesome. Yeah, yep. And so I think that's one thing. So, uh, you know, what it, people aren't coming to church because they don't realize their impact. Right, and we need to be, as the church, eternally minded. Yes. Yep. What are we doing on a daily basis that impacts our eternity and everybody else's eternity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we're standing in the gap between generations, which is nothing new, we've been here before. You know, I told uh, Pastor Mark one time, <clears throat> I said, he's like, man, you always have these ideas. And I was like, I was like, I guarantee you that 20 years ago when you were talking with Marlon this, you had the same <laughs> ideas. And he was like, gosh, you have so many ideas. And he's like, yeah, actually, that's probably accurate. And I was like, right, we've, we've been here before. This is nothing new. But so when we stand in this gap, it means that we have to approach things differently. So we have to take what we know from those who have done it and, and really built their maturity level, and we need to adapt it to bring on board the next generation who's really struggling. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, nothing new. The, the generation coming up has always struggled. It's a new culture. It's a new world. We're dealing with new challenges. But what has always remained the same is our need for Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. So do we have anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap it up? <laughs> that was a pretty good conversation, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any questions, if you are listening today and you're like, I have no idea what this means in my life, or I've been standing on this precipice. I love using precipice. It makes people nervous. <laughs> We've been standing on this precipice. It uncomfortable. Makes uncomfortable. That's right. I've been standing on this precipice and I'm not sure what it exactly means. Come talk to us because I guarantee you that we have all been there, are all there. Um, it may be with a different, um, you know, God might be calling you somewhere different than he's called us, but he's calling you. Mm-hmm. 
and he's called us. So, um, so reach out, talk to us and, and share your thoughts because it's important for us to know what you think and, and how we can be helpful. Yeah. And that's all we got for today. We'll see you next week.